back to In Media's Mess, where two pop culture nerds try to make sense of the messy world of mass media. I'm Alanis. And I'm Clea. And we're glad to have you along. So it's been a while since we've been to any sort of live physical shows, and we're really waiting for the day until we get to again. Please. But since we can't, we're feeling a little nostalgic over one of the last ones we've been to way back in 2019. That's so long ago. And so sad. I know, it's so sad. And this was Carly Rae Jepsen's Dedicated in Manila. Okay, so concert nostalgia aside, we also just really love Carly, at least if our Spotify algorithms are anything to go by. So we figured it's pretty much time for a Carly Rae Jepsen discography deep dive. It was actually really funny. I loved that concert so much. It was basically Katipunan Avenue, (laughs) but in a very condensed space. Pretty much. Everywhere you look, you would find someone you know, especially before the concert when everyone was loitering and waiting for it to start. It felt a bit like a reunion, honestly. Like I saw so many people I knew and hadn't seen in a while, so it was a lot of fun. I don't know if that's because Carly attracts like a homogenous <laughs> crowd or like she attracts the same kind of fan, but it was very interesting. And then everyone poured over into like Kubao X afterwards. Mm, yeah. Oh my god, what a time, Cleo! <laughs> I genuinely really, really miss like the days when we could be in a packed room full of sweaty strangers and like sing at the top of our lungs and not give a shit. It feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. I know. But honestly, if Carly Rae's dedicated tour was the last concert I would ever be able to go to, I would. I don't really mind. Same. Same. That was a really good concert. It was a really good a concert. A lot of fun. I spent the entirety of it screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Thanks to my Spotify playlist <laughs> that I repeated again and again to prepare for the concert. Carly Rae was like my top played artist of 2019 on Spotify. Same. Mostly because the month leading up to her concert, she was on repeat because of like prep. Exactly, same. And then the month after her concert, she was on repeat because hangover. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what a time, what a time. But I mean, isn't that the magic of hearing your favorite songs live? Mm. Like, it makes you feel more concretely why you love the songs in the first place and that was really the dedicated tour stop for me. Yeah. And it definitely like felt nonstop. Right. Yeah. It felt like a marathon a little bit, that concert. It did, yeah. And I like Carly's music for like a variety of reasons, but I feel like she's one of those artists where it really just hits different live. Right. Yeah, that's so true. There's such a palpable energy like in and around her performances that doesn't really register when you're listening to recordings. I really hope that live experiences come back soon. I think it's a good example of why I love live Mm. performances. It's because you can feel the energy of everyone in the room. Right. Like, it's not just Carly. Like, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, but so was everyone else. Right, yeah. Us, as the audience, like, singing back to her, that was, like, so magical. And also us feeding off of each other. Right. The people directly in front of me were, like, a group of very, like, loud, very intense guys. Right. They were the type of people to just, like, sing at you 
Yeah. Like, you, we would like we would make eye contact and sing to each other for like oh. two lines and then sing back to other people and it was just it was magic it was so much fun oh my god that's so cute I don't know man I think that just shows how Carly's music can speak to you in such a personal way it's interesting because Carly's music speaks to a lot of people in very personal ways I would say but she's also gotten a lot of criticism for her music being kind of impersonal personally I think that's like a really weird take like I feel like that's right. a bit unfair because how exactly do you measure something like that I feel like it's less a critique of her music actually mm. and more of her as a uh, pop star right i mean the music plays a part in it for sure but i also think it's the way that she doesn't really share too much about her personal life like her social media is pretty chill which i guess is very sort of counterintuitive in celebrity culture right that's different from what we expect and i think that's why carly being chill is like the default reason for people of as to like why she's not as big as she could be, quote unquote. Mm, yeah. Because pop stars are rather expected to be larger than life and, you know, people we have a parasocial relationship with and, you know, they're not supposed to be away from the public eye for too long. She's a fairly low-key person. Yeah, low-key is the term. Taking the music away. Like her as Carly Rae is just, I barely hear from her. Yeah. Except when she's dropping music. Yeah, Loki is really the term. I noticed it also during the concert. Like some artists like to kind of interact with the audience a lot. Like ask them how things are. Converse about the things they've done in the city that they're in. Just to, you know, it makes you seem more relatable and closer to the audience in that way. But Carly's, again, was really like a marathon. She'd give like a snippet of something, but there's no references to like personal life things that fans might know or anything like fandom lore. Like she doesn't really kind of go there. Yeah, she talks a little bit more about like the ideas of the song, like the ideas behind the song. And then she just launches into the song and we don't really have time to process until we're just screaming out the lyrics again. Yeah, she lets the music speak for itself or you know, speak to her audience instead of her life Mm. speaking. She kind of takes herself out of the equation. And I love that, though. Like, I think that there's a place for both. Right, And I love that she kind of represents almost a different path to the common pop star one. Mm. There's also a common observation, I guess, that because of how it's not very specific to her and to her story and to her life, Whoever is listening is able to project themselves onto the music. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's a place for both, as you said. But what is fun about Carly's songs is like, because she is like a very low-key person and I don't really know the meanings behind like certain songs of hers, they become a little more relatable because I'm not thinking about a different story other than, you know, quote-unquote, my own. Yeah, and it's interesting because, of course, specificity can help you connect to art. We just talked about that with Lil Nas X at the beginning of the season. But with Carly's case, it's the lack of specificity that allows you to connect to the music. You're able to explore what it means for you and interpret it based on what you're feeling. It's just because she sings about very sort of universal themes and feelings, you know, that a lot of people are able to relate to in like one way or another. Keeping it sort of vague on a personal level for her allows you to connect to it a bit more personally. I like to think of it as just like 
while you're listening to a certain song, it kind of just becomes background music to your own personal story. You know, like thinking if, if your life were a movie, like Carly Rae songs are great, like spring. Yes. But since this is a discography deep dive, Cleo, what songs in particular of Carly's do you feel like... That I've projected myself onto? Yeah. Oh, goodness. There are like quite a few. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at the height of like teenage emotional angst, mm-hmm. the automatic response would be like your type. Yes, the eternal fan favorite. Because I mean, your type is a great song, honestly. There's a reason why people were like begging her to sing it in the concert. But for me, it's just really simple and really effective songwriting. And again, it's one of those things where you listen to it and it feels like background music to I guess whatever's going on in the romance department. Um Self-wallowing aside, it's honestly really fun to think of it that way. No, dude. Self-wallowing is so appropriate. <laughs> I'm so glad that I heard this. And like, what year was Emotion released? 2015? Um, Yeah, I was so glad I heard it at that point and not when I was a teenager. Same. <laughs> I don't know, too deep into my own self-pity. Because I would probably have fallen apart, like... <laughs> listening to your type i'm gonna be honest in terms of like the message i don't think i relate to your type like that heavily right but it's one of those songs where you just really feel you know it's not because like we've experienced unrequited love or whatever it's more of just like that feeling of being inadequate yeah 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 and like knowing that you're inadequate acceptance of your own inadequacy and mismatch is like the best way to put it i think exactly and that's why it speaks to so many people because it's very universal and very millennial too like as the generation of the imposter syndrome yeah but on the flip side we also have the one oh my god Wait, okay, so like for me, the Carly songs that I feel I project onto the most are like very air sign songs. Right, yeah, yeah. They're very like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a flirty vibe, but then not a committed vibe. <laughs> right, yeah. So those are the Carly songs that I claim. <laughs> but yeah, she actually has a lot of songs like that. Like mm-hmm. as we said, the one. There's also Let's Be Friends. Like, when Let's Be Friends came out, I went to my sister and was like, you have to listen to this. I feel like I wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, going back to the one, it's the same. It's very on brand. Like, romance is fine. Pour me some wine. Check. Tell me it's just for the fun of it. Check. Like, Carly, you poet. (laughs) Thank you. No, but see, here's the thing. These are two very, like, opposite ends of the spectrum right. which is why it's so much fun to listen to Carly because like there's literally a song for every possible mood that you're in right and the interesting thing about like your type and the one particularly is that they're both in the same like album yeah kind of even though the one was from side B I mean it's essentially you consider it as the same thing two sides of the same coin basically yeah so to have a song like the one that's about like being more nonchalant like being almost kind of flighty. It's basically like the word whatever in song form and then have another song that's like about wallowing because you're ignored and kind of kulang sa pansayan, ganon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening to Carly is a very holistic experience, let's be honest. You go through all of the emotions. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I love her songs that are about being aloof, 
those are really my favorite ones more so because it's just my personality and the way she writes about it feels validating mm -hmm. so yeah carly again you poet i never have the words for it but thankfully you do What's really fun about Carly is that she sings a lot about love and feelings, but what I really like is that her perspective is always very me-centric. Right, right. A lot of artists speak from experience, but I think the thing about Carly and how she writes, how she portrays love and feelings and all of that, is that it's very self-centered. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just a lot of it focuses on what you go through and how the situation affects you which I think helps a lot of people relate to it better. Right. Like, it's very inward. Mm, yeah. I think of it as, like, it's very diarist type. Right, yeah. Writing. These are things that you would write at night. In a journal, yeah. In a journal, yeah, exactly. So it's like exploring yourself through all of these experiences. Yeah, it feels very introspective. Yes, yeah, that's the word. So true. <laughs> so true, bestie. <laughs> And I mean, Carly does say, you know, and all that we could do with these emotions. I feel like that's what anchors her songs. It asks you what you could do with these emotions and like what you're feeling. And usually she kind of just makes you sit with them. Right. And I think that introspective sit with your feelings approach shines a lot when she sings about the heartbreak. And one of her heartbreak songs that I love and I think is super underrated is Tonight I'm Getting Over You from Kiss. I love Tonight I'm Getting Over You. It's actually the song that made me a Carly Rae Jepsen fan. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. I heard it and I was like, this is my song. Like, what is this? Who am I throwing my money to? Same. I know a lot of people felt like it didn't live up to the Call Me Maybe hype train, but I was fine. I really liked it. And actually, I think it has more replay value now. Definitely the chorus plays into the like very hedonistic party until you pass out. Yeah. And so it was perfect for the time that it was released. But also like the verses allude to so much heartbreak and it has like a little bit of anger mm. mixed in with like desperation. Like she literally has lyrics like, I want to touch your heart. I want to crush it in my hands. Yeah. Make you plead and cry as you give up all the lies. Like my god i would be scared <laughs> but yeah i think it's a huge precursor to emotion actually and shows a bit of the self-assurance that we'll see from her later music yeah and with the night i'm getting over you and then a few years later with like solo and party for one um what i love about her songs is that exploration of selfhood also and like heartbreak has like a positive spin to it right where she looks at heartbreak and you know like bad experiences essentially and sort of takes them as moments of growth or moments of self-assurance which yes. listen we consume a lot of media and quite frankly there are too few songs too few artists who do this that really sort of take a bad thing and turn it into a nope you're getting through this kind of situation and doing it in such a joyous way yeah and the songs you mentioned embody that truly like when i first heard solo i was like man carly you spoke to me again right oh my god i i remember like calling you the moment dedicated inside <laughs> video yeah and us like agreeing to listen to the entire thing and then 
check back with each other for like feelings but yeah i remember solo being like on first listen my favorite song of this album like one of the two favorite songs from this album and i remember hearing it and just thinking like gosh this is such a good message to get out the thing is like of course there are artists who kind of sing about like getting through heartbreak and being stronger for it like that's not a new you know thing but Usually those songs are like they skew more towards like the sad vibes, you know, struggle and powering through or very pensive. Yeah. Like you can almost see the shot staring out of the rainy window type of thing, which is again, it's like there's a time and a place for that. It's all cool. Um but what I love about these songs in particular is that they're so like the again, the self-assurance and just the whole idea of like you know this isn't gonna break me at all <laughs> like i'm gonna be fine and even with like party for one and like i'm getting over you like mm-hmm. the chorus is soaring yeah it's anthemic without being too cheesy which is usually my problem like sometimes the songs feel like they're trying too much like the lyrics are too on the nose or it feels too much like slogan music but I think with Carly, it's really that both the music and the lyrics are like perfectly blended together to make you feel a certain emotion, which is really what music should be like, I feel. It's what makes it interesting. Right. I honestly feel like I should send Carly a fruit basket for solo because it's like, <laughs> it's everything that I've ever wanted to be said to me. Thank you, Carly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the reason why I don't see her music as impersonal and mm. I don't think her music not having like a specific Carly Rae persona imbued in it is necessarily a bad thing. But on the flip side, like one of the things that we love about Carly is that nonchalance and that self-assurance. But that's not to say that she doesn't or she can't write or sing from a place of vulnerability. I think there are a lot of songs of hers that actually skew towards that side of the spectrum. Something that I think she does really well is like, um, the feeling of yearning mm. and like desire right but like yearning especially and I think the best song to like uh, underscore that is Gimme Love right oh my god <laughs> so Gimme Love in like 2005 2016 when it was you know emotion was still in the rounds and like it's peak mm. I think Gimme Love wasn't necessarily like my favorite song on the album right yeah but then after I listened to emotion endlessly to prepare for the concert <laughs> I was like screaming give me love while driving right <laughs> and I realized this is one of the best songs on the album actually give me love is what I'd consider a sleeper favorite yeah that's true it's the kind of song that you don't really pay attention to the first couple of listens mm-hmm. but when it grows on you it's like holy shit this is a good song do you think it's because of how many times she says, give me love? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> it's just like, give me love, give me love, give me love. So you're like, you're forced to give the song some love. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> Here's the love you asked for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's why it's effective in portraying yearning, right? Like, it's begging for love. It's desperation again. And it's so repeated that you feel it a lot more. It doesn't just feel like it's meant to be like earworm right. stuff. Like, it feels like there's another layer to it. And honestly, singing it in concert was like unforgettable, I think. Oh my God, same. Yeah, like it felt frantic and insistent in like the best way possible. To add to that, I also feel like I need to throw in real love, mm-hmm. 
which was like the last song that she sang in concert. Let me tell you, an entire like arena, just like packed with people screaming real love at the top of their lungs. That was an experience. Yeah, that's true. And the breakdown into chorus when everyone like jumps and screams, it's magic. And what's interesting with her is, again, like, for example, Gimme Love and Real Love, they're not necessarily happy songs. They deal with a lot of, like, yearning and vulnerability and just real love, like, deals with a lot of, like, feelings of just inadequacy and insecurity Mm -hmm. also. But, like, because they're set to such, like, fun, upbeat music, it becomes almost like a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like it sort of becomes you feeling okay with everything. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't secure really well, no. But it's also because it's not self-pitying. No, but that's the thing about how she writes insecurity. It's almost like her music allows you to feel insecure without feeling too bad about it. Right. Again, like the, the really like sad, really sort of like down lyrics with the really upbeat tempos and melodies I feel like it kind of allows you to be insecure without feeling like you're not supposed to be you know it just feels a little more like a natural thing that you're allowed to feel this way but also just like let it go yeah I think it's also very interesting to track the different aspects of insecurity that she has written about and how she has grown in writing that same theme. Mm. I'm thinking of her song, Tug of War, from the album (laughs) Tug of War. And I think that's another album that we don't talk about enough. I think mostly because, you know, it sounds like a different artist and it's like a completely different era. But when I first heard the song Tug of War, I did like it a lot. And I don't know, like, it makes me think about, like, songs like Nick Jonas's Jealous, Ganon, mm. and, like, how I hated that song. And, like, <laughs> like I hated the lyrics of that song. And the, but Nick Jonas was basically singing, like, about the same thing, about feeling insecure about your relationship or whatever, that you're jealous of some guy. Perhaps I'm just, like, very averse to, like, the whole macho, yeah, that like, thing. handling of that situation. But... No, I get what you mean. It's like, because she writes about things like so introspectively, it becomes a lot less like grating, I think. Right, yeah. And if you look at Tug of War and then jump to Too Much from Dedicated, obviously they're not talking about the exact same situation, but it evokes the same feeling. It's just that Too Much is a bit more apprehensive and cautious. It's like, it's this too much? Am I too much? Instead of tug of war, that's a bit more, yeah, I don't know if this is real kind of thing. I think apprehension is like the right term for like these two songs in particular. That general vibe of like not quite knowing where you stand, you know, from like a writing perspective, that's such a nice place to write from because it's a universally understood experience. Just being completely unsure of things and <laughs> figuring it out. Maybe Carly is actually our millennial queen. <laughs> like, this sounds very familiar. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I super get it. The honesty about your uncertainty is, again, very vulnerable. But I also think that vulnerability comes in very different forms. Mm. Like, as vulnerable as you can be when you're insecure, it's also the same when you're, like, letting people in. And I think she does that really well also. One of my favorites that I think 
portray that is Window. Window. That's such a good song, yeah. Like, it was an instant reaction. I loved it from the moment I heard it. And this is one of those things where the imagery is very literal. Like, keep a window open for me. Like, we get it. Yeah. But what's cool is how the upbeat sound and the light lyrics kind of make you forget that it's actually quite a vulnerable song when you pay attention to what it's trying to say. Yep. And vulnerability doesn't always equal sadness or, you know, self-wallowing. It's also this. It's like this joyous feeling of allowing yourself to feel your emotions and just giving in to them. Yeah, and like, I think it's interesting, at least like how she writes, the persona she writes from, she takes the mantle of a lot of artists before her by using the room as a metaphor. Like aside from window, there's also, I want you in my room. So it can't get any more straightforward than that. It's a very sort of subtle continuity. I feel like for a lot of people, like their room is a very sacred space. It's where you are allowed to just like relax and do nothing and just be. Again, it's just a nice sort of like songwriting touch. And the fact that it appears in different songs is like cool. Yeah. I mean, aside from she just wants to have sex too. I mean, there's also (laughs) that. There's also that. Sort of shifting away from vulnerability, what I also really like about her, and you've touched on it with like, you know, the upbeat songs and like sort of high energy music that she puts out is that so many songs become, you know, so anthemic and so screaming them out at the top of your lungs becomes just like a really cathartic experience. Yeah. I love my pop when it's euphoric. Mm. That's how I know I love a pop song when it makes me feel like I'm on top of the world or that I'm performing (laughs) the pop song on a stage. For me, one of my biggest um, markers of how much I love a pop song, like when I know that I absolutely love it, if it's one of those songs I put on to dance to right alone in my room at like 2 a.m how do i even say this it's just like there's a lightness that it brings um when you listen to it when you sing it and so it becomes like a really fun just experience which i think is what music should be in general i mean obviously when you're listening to sad music that's a whole different thing but the fun thing about pop is that it allows you to just like get lost in the music and just like have fun with it Mm -hmm. and so you know and I think that Carly's music does that really really well like you're just lost in the vibes of it all yeah it's just like no thoughts just vibes and right exactly like you said it's cathartic in your room when you need to expel off your emotions and like purge yourself from it like you're in a magic girl anime transformation scene but i also think you know it's cathartic when you're outside and you feel very small in the vast universe and you feel like running off to god knows where to find yourself or stuff like that i mean it's cathartic in different ways there's like an individual level where it's just fun to dance to and just good music to listen to it's fun and it's cathartic when you're singing it at the top of your lungs when you're singing it with other people there are a lot of different songs to suit like different moments of catharsis whenever you need it yeah and it's all the same good energy yeah exactly a lot of her music obviously sort of like revolves around 
love and relationships. And I feel like a good number of the cathartic ones are the ones where she just gives in to the feeling. There are a lot of songs that come to mind, but like for me, honestly, the one of the most cathartic ones for me with that theme is like Now That I Found You. Yeah, I love the chorus on Now That I Found You too. Because it's just so much fun to scream the lyrics out. But also I feel like we could not have a Carly episode without talking about Run Away With Me. Which is honestly one of her, like one of her most iconic songs and for good reason. And honestly, one of the best pop songs in the last decade, I would say. That's very true. I mean, it was the song that launched a thousand memes. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, that sax solo is iconic. (laughs) Iconic. Rest in peace, Vine. (laughs) But Right Run Away With Me is just a contemporary classic. It's like catharsis in like a small little package. Run away with me now that I found you. I would say um, I also have a really big soft spot for Let's Get Lost. It's such a good driving song. <laughs> I, lo- I love Let's Get Lost too. In the same vein, I think what I find like a very good driving song or just like a very good background to whatever you're doing is Curiosity from Kiss. Mm, yeah, It's an underrated Carly song. And I feel like people should really listen to the middle part of Kiss, actually. Oh my gosh, no, that's true, that's true. Kiss had some really great gems. It does, and Curiosity falls into the same category for me of Catharsis. And like there are two versions, right? The original EP version and the Kiss version. And I love them both, but not a lot of people like the Kiss version, but whatever i do Mm. because i love the vocal layering on the chorus of that version and yeah anyway i think it's very sonically interesting it's very fun and synthy if you asked me to make a bedroom dance party playlist curiosity would be like one of the first few things i would put in there right it's so fun i just played it yesterday while fixing my cabinet (laughs) With your drunk closet organizing you. Yeah, it's that fun. (laughs) What I love about Carly truly is just like, she plays opposite ends of the spectrum with her music. And like on the flip side, you know, you have all of these songs that are just like allowing you to just like give in and having fun and like leaning into your feelings. But then you also have Happy Not Knowing, which is to me my like number one like catharsis song for Carly Rae. (laughs) For like the strangest reasons. I remember hearing Happy Not Knowing and feeling like almost inspired by the way that you're allowed to just not give a shit about feelings and romance and relationships. Like Happy Not Knowing to me is in that same sphere as Run Away With Me or Now That I Found You in that it's this fun soaring sound with lyrics that are just like really, really fun to scream out loud but with the added bonus of just expressing a lot of what i've thought and felt at many points in my life no i love happy not knowing because it's so unaffected no yeah exactly and it's not like an air of unaffection it's very nonchalant and i told you that she has like really great air sign (laughs) (laughs) anthems right and like i remember a week into dedicated when i was really like listening to the lyrics I was so taken aback by Happy Not Knowing, like, damn Carly. Right. And the thing is, like, when you're talking about being unaffected or being nonchalant in terms of, like, romance, 
artists portray it as very um like walls built up sort of you know that's a whole thing about like how you need to like allow yourself to let love in or whatever but sometimes you just don't care and so happy not knowing to me is truly just it speaks to me on such a personal level where it's really just like I don't care about this so you're free to just do whatever but like please don't tell me anything about it so no but for real like if you ask me like the songs that describe me the best <laughs> the, the carly songs that describe me the best that would be like the one happy not knowing let's be friends store ganon <laughs> like, <laughs> so you can tell what kind of person i am already <laughs> no but truly like happy not knowing to me i, I cannot do a carly ridge Jepsen deep dive without talking about like how much i love this song it's a great song yeah And I think that, like, the reason why she's able to pull off, you know, these songs that are unaffected and nonchalant and also these songs that are very vulnerable and also these songs that are very much about, like, leaning into relationships is because I feel like the sort of working core value of her music has always been, like, a sense of self-love. Right. And the sense of strong personhood in that everything that she sings about, whether it's relationships or insecurities or being single, whatever, like everything she sings about comes from a place of being totally fine with herself. Right. Which I think is great. It's something that we don't see very often and I wish we actually saw more of. Yeah, and self-love is a very common thing um, for us, I think, because we're all kind of like navigating that. But Carly definitely has a song for every stage that you're in and that umbrella of self-love. And a lot of it has like an undercurrent of self-awareness and acceptance. I don't know if this makes sense to anyone but me. But like for me, her songs have always had a quiet sort of strength to them where again, she allows herself to like lean into all of these feelings, whatever they may be, but also comes back around and says it's okay it's a very healthy way of like going through the human experience i would say yes i agree it's a healthy navigation of like understanding yourself and i think that's definitely a thread throughout her songs although it's very recently leaned in that a lot more especially with dedicated it's a self-love album yeah Yeah, and like the few singles she's put out like the collaboration she did with um bia badubi it's also kind of the same vibe but like way back even in tug of war even though it's a little bit more literal than her recent songs right heart is a muscle like really speaks to me great song Really good it song. It veers more into like the cheesier side of things. It's not something you can play on repeat, TBH. But it's nice again to see the growth of how she sees resilience and self-love from like your heart as a muscle to songs like Come Back. Which is for me, like honestly, I think like top three Carly songs like of all time for me. I think you said that also when we did the, you know, post first listen review. I just remember hearing Come Back and being like, oh my God, this is like mine. I own it. I I, like, I love this song so much. As a Bleachers fan. (laughs) Again, I just feel like it's such a healthy way of going through life of like exploring emotions. And I think it's why 
That's why so many people are able to relate to Carly's music or why Carly's music speaks to a lot of people. There's a sense of comfort it brings without meaning to, I would say. Right. That's not the types of songs that set out to be anthems. It, they're the kinds of songs that just find their audience and grow to become something bigger. Case in point, truly, is like cut to the feeling. Ugh, yes. The critically acclaimed original soundtrack that could. <laughs> and it's so funny because I honestly have no idea what the film is. Like, I don't know what it's about and I have no intention of watching it. But Cut to the Feeling really did take on a life of its own. I genuinely have no idea if it's like connected to anything. I just know it as like the song by Carly Rae Jepsen. And then it became like an entire thing. And so, again, it just speaks to how much people love Carly songs. And like, I would say that, you know, like everything we've talked about now, sort of like the way in which she portrays emotions, the ways in which she sort of explores herself, or like, her personhood through them. Yeah. I think those are the things that really speak to the wider audience. And so, you know, we may not know too much about her and the motivations behind why these songs were written, but the way in which she does it makes that sort of okay. Because we don't need, like for me at least, I don't need to know why the song was written. I don't need to know who it's about or like what it's for. It's one of those things where her songs just sort of speak to people in different ways. Like, see, the thing is, Carly has been my top artist for like two years, like 2019 and 2020. Mm. <laughs> but like, I know close to nothing about her personal life and I consume a lot of pop culture. Right, yeah. <laughs> I watch her live performances a few times, like, and I watch her interviews sometimes, but like, I don't know her like as a pop persona which again is very counterintuitive to celebrity culture it's a very refreshing thing i think and in the time of like stan culture Mm. i think it's very interesting and i think for some people again you know that's pretty much the reason why she's not as big as she can be or stuff like that but for me i also think it depends on what you view as success you know she's critically acclaimed and has a solid following and has a loyal fan base that feels very connected to her art and you know at the end of the day does she really have to subscribe to what we've come to expect from pop stars either way i will still listen to her new stuff the moment it drops like i still play her songs pretty much all the time So whatever she's okay with sharing, I will accept. But if she doesn't want to, then she doesn't have to. Yeah. And again, that's one of the nice things about how she's built herself as a public figure. I feel like it's one of those things where she's very good at separating Carly Rae the pop star and Carly Rae the person. Right. Like, everything that I know about her is her public persona. And everything that I don't know about her, I'd argue I didn't need to know in the first place. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, again, I'm just very thankful to have found comfort in her music. And I love that I have found songs that speak to me and speak to a personal journey. Mm. And it does give a lot of joy in a world that often does not feel like it has much. It's so nice to be able to kind of like find pockets of joy in self-exploration 
in learning and in growth because oftentimes, you know, they're viewed as very like hard, very difficult things that you have to struggle through. Right. Let's be real. The journey of growth and self-discovery is not always going to be happy. But when you have music like Carly Rae's to sort of like underscore those moments in your life, it does make it a little less difficult. Yeah, and have a song for every kind of moment. As we've discussed, her self-love bleeds into so much of her songs and is an undercurrent to a lot of the things that she talks about from heartbreak to vulnerability and like through like the feeling of catharsis. Mm. I mean, listen, she wrote a rad song about masturbation too. So talk about self-love in every aspect. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Again, you're allowed to be a complex human being. Yeah, and like the fact that it ended up as an FX song, like, my God, (laughs) Carly really encompasses my entire brand. Very true. Again, in any case, see, self-love bleeds into everything. Everything, really. Yeah, and even if we're not privy to the ins and outs of her life, I think that, you know, her music, her art, it makes me feel like she's on the same kind of journey of exploration. Mm. And I find that being able to share Carly's music with each other and finding people who love her music as well, it makes you feel more connected with other people. And really, sometimes that's all we need from the music that we love, like the assurance that we're all sharing the same emotions and that you're not alone. And that seems like a pretty solid place to end this. So on that note, we would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about Carly Rae? What are your favorite songs? Were you at that concert with us? Like, honestly, we miss it so much and we would love to talk about it. So we are going to be over on Twitter sort of talking about everything. So you can follow us over at In Media's Mess. And also, we will be putting out a playlist of all of our favorite Carly tunes over there as well. And that's it for this episode. This felt very... This felt very cathartic to talk about in a very weird way. What are Carly fans called, by the way? Like, I don't actually know. I don't know if she has a fandom name. Again, this is, like, so strange because, like, I feel like fandom names are such an integral part of, like, modern internet fandom. Carly is really just the antithesis of everything a pop star is, which is great. Yeah, so if anyone knows what we're called as fans or want to suggest anything. (laughs) Yeah, throw in your suggestions or we'd love to talk to you guys. Yes, and I guess that's it for this week. Thank you everyone for spending time with us and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye everyone.